0: So then along came Lola in 2006, I think it is, 2006, I better get that year right, 2005, <laughs> 2006, 2005 I think it is, she's 15, work out somebody for me, yeah 2005. <laughs> um, and she came around. If you're just
1: joining the- us on the dead pod, we're doing maths with Howard Donald. <laughs> <But it's->
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello. Thank you very much indeed for downloading this episode of My Dad Pod. Now, if you've been with us since the beginning, you'll know that after my daughter Evie was born, I decided to create a place for all people to come and celebrate the wonderful, exciting, sometimes scary, but absolute joy of parenthood. And so Dave Berry's Dad Pod was born. Now, Evie... I can't believe I'm saying this, is nearly two. So I've got a new set of challenges as a father, and that's why I need a whole new range of guests to give me some advice and some guidance. And this time out, I'm joined by a singer, dancer, songwriter, a talent show judge, a storyteller, and a member of the UK's biggest ever boy band, Take That. He's also a father to Grace, age 21, Lola, who's 15, Bowie, four, and Dougie, three. Hello, Howard. Hey, how are you doing? Good, man. Lovely having you on. Great, it's great to be on. Now, one of the reasons I was so pleased when you were coming on is that we have to say the P word, which is pandemic, of course. Um, Unfortunately, that's the world we now live in. But over that period, so many famous faces did just things to ease the whole process for everybody. There were PE lessons at home and cooking tips and musicians giving guitar lessons. But one of my favourite things, Howard, was you sitting down on social media and reading children's stories. Yeah. So tell me when you thought of that and, and and why have you been doing it i just thought
0: of it really through boredom really i just thought <laughs> well well it's um the people who i felt most sorry for out of all this um palaver that's going on at the moment are children and i thought well if i can give something to them and really when i was reading these books i didn't really sort of look at the age range on the actual books i were reading but i knew it was from anything between three and six three and seven okay there was nothing teenage about it which I thought, but I'd rather give it to the children that are lying down, whether unless they're running around the room crazy, <laughs> lying down between the mum and dad underneath a duvet on a, on a settee, and I thought I'd give it to them, you know, so that they could enjoy themselves and maybe listen to it. But I've I've heard from a lot of the um, tweets I've had back and Instagram stuff
1: is that the the parents actually enjoyed it more. Well, how do you know? I'm not surprised. It's very it's very calming. It's very yeah. reassuring. You've got a nice manner about you anyway, the time that I've known you. I mean, there was one and I I, I don't know what you were reading, but you've got your little dog with you. You've yeah. got your hat on. You're kind of combing your hair back a little bit. Yeah. Everyone, it's yeah. like you're kind of visually like snuggling in and I was yeah. with you every step of the way. I was being very vain. I was actually trying to get
0: more followers by having the dog there, you know? <laughs> you know, I was trying one of those tactics. A smart move. But, but yeah, it's um No, it was very relaxing. It was obviously pre-recorded. I thought if I do it live, I'm not the best reader in the world. I've probably, as an adult, in my adulthood, I've probably read about six books. Wow, okay. Obviously, read a lot more at school, so I'm not the best of readers. And if you'll notice that when I'm reading, uh, you know, I will make a few mistakes, which is which is very human.
1: Yeah. but uh, well, they showing that human side of you. I think it's really nice. And yeah. also, I think for kids who might be, I used to hate, you know, given what I do now for a living. But I used to hate being having to stand up in class and read aloud. I was oh, so nervous. And yeah. when you do fumble, it's nice to see if someone is like that and they carry on, and it is human.
0: Yeah, very true. Yeah, and I did make a few mistakes, but I actually enjoyed it. But then I got to the point where I thought, right. Now I'm going to give it a little bit of a rest. I'm going to give it a break. I'm going to do an Halloween story and I'm probably going to do about four Christmas stories on the lead up to Christmas. So, um, and then maybe start
1: again next year. So regardless of lockdown. Have a Howard Donald Christmas. That's got a nice (laughs) ring to it. I love it. There were some absolute classics in there. I mean, I know you said that there was a rough kind of age group that you were looking at, but the the Gruffalo's in there and where the wild things are. Which one would you say I should be reading to Evie? Which one is the nice when We get to snuggle down on the sofa. Was there one that leapt out as quite a favourite of yours once you'd finished reading it?
0: Uh, I think there's one called, um, which is probably the last one I did. I think it was um, Superstar Me. I think it was something like Superstar Me. And it's basically saying that regardless of what colour you are, regardless of where you're from, regardless of how old you are, whether you're good at sports, whether you're good at this, whether you're good at that, there's always something within you that's a superstar, you know. Don't let anybody tell you any different. There's always something within somebody that's a superstar. So that's a great one for Evie. But I think it's sort of it's a generalisation to any
1: child, really. Yeah. Again, a lovely message to be putting across to people. I
0: mean, a lot of the times, obviously, there, there was I was like struggling for books, like <laughs> two two days or the day before, thinking. Oh, no, what am I going to read? Going through all um, Bowie's and Dougie's <laughs> books and some of Grace's old books. And I'd eventually come to one, and I thought, oh, I've not read that one. And there was probably a couple, two or three, that I had to order, but the rest of them were pretty much uh, ones of, uh, I've been reading my children all this time. Well, that's lovely. makes it even more special.
1: Yeah. You must have to wear different parental hats for each of your children, given Grace's age, Lola's age, Bowie and Dougie's age, and obviously you're in, you know, one of the biggest boy bands in history. How do you go about doing that? Is one satisfied with just meeting for a cup of coffee once every few weeks because she's her own person whereas the others you know want to get into bed with you and put you into different judo positions <laughs> uh, so you must have to wear different hats for that Howard.
0: exactly yeah that's exactly right you know for instance my 21 year old she's at Camberwell studying art oh great yeah so she's her own person she's very very adult and she's found all her friends around London so she'll be going out on the weekend so I'm the one that's pretty much a lot of the time chasing her, seeing, seeing, seeing how she is. <laughs> Dad! <and stuff>.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. See, seeing how she is and, yeah. you know, hoping that she's uh, she's all good and obviously she sends me a lot of texts telling me that she loves me and uh, vice versa. No,
1: that's great.
0: Um, with my 15-year-old, now they, they, this is something new. My 15-year-old has just decided to come and live in england oh and now she lives with me oh great since three weeks ago
1: oh wow so breaking news on the dad <laughs> pod okay <Yeah>. so
0: <laughs> we put her in a school and it all happened very quickly and it happened very quickly for my wife my wife gets on amazingly with lola but this is a learning curve for her because lola is not her daughter so she asked to there's a lot about lola being 15 that reminds uh, of herself when she was 15 okay when she was 15 going in the dad's drinks cabinet and you know (laughs) doing doing all the stuff that you shouldn't be doing yes as many 15 hours not coming back at 10 (laughs) o'clock all these things and lola's an amazing girl she's a little bit introvert and she's quite hard to suss out um so you have to really work on lola But, yeah, she's over here, and, again, I'm learning again because I've never brought her up underneath the same roof, so all of a sudden she comes here at 15, which is the worst age ever. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, so I'm told. Yeah, so that's another thing that throws uh, something else into the works as well as a four-year-old and three-year-old. But the amazing thing is she wanted to come over here and be in England because she wanted to start, again, year 10 and do a GCSEs here, but she really wanted to be with her family. Mm-hmm. You know, she wanted to be together where her brothers are here and her, her other sister's here, who's in London. And um, I think it's really good for her.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's, it must be good for you as well, yeah, Howard, to it think it that good everyone's me. come coming together. That's really nice. Yeah. And it's also an extra pair of hands. You've got Lola's extra pair of hands to help with the with Baby the younger cities, ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Not earn your keep, Lola. That's, okay, that's how I it say, works. Come on, come on. <laughs> £2 an hour for babysitting. That's enough, isn't it? No. That's what it was back in the day. So, Evie's going to be two in December. Dun, dun, dun. Let's December. talk. Yeah, let's talk the toddler years, shall we? Yeah. What have I got to look forward to in your experience? I know that obviously every child is different. We always say that here on the Dad Pod because Evie's got this really endearing little uh, habit right now. We're in the middle of the night, it'll be, it'll be 2 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, all is quiet, and suddenly she'll just go, Dada! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and suddenly the whole house is awake yeah. and she's smiling and yeah. she'll hold her little milk bottle out to me and just go, more. <laughs> like she's the Sultan of Brunei or yeah, something. Yeah. Come on, here we go. Yeah. Uh, what, what were your experiences of the toddler years? Did you find them particularly kind of endearing because they're walking and talking and exploring or was it tough like we kind of have the old adages tell us? Well,
0: my youngest is three. Yeah. So it's not far off. he um, will actually be four in um, February. The youngest has been the toughest, to be honest with you. We, okay. We've got Bowie who's four and Dougie who's three. And Dougie is um, a tough one hard to suss out and he's the one that will be waking up at half past ten half past twelve half past two trying our best to try and keep them in their bedroom but failing miserably by allowing them into the middle of the bed which therefore doesn't allow you the sleep that you really need you know when you find yourself pushed to the edge of the bed in the (laughs) middle of the night and you're thinking I'm actually too tired to even pick him up and put him in his own bedroom so we've sort of failed On that,
1: you know... We've we've found with that as well. Yeah, we've had sleep trainers.
0: We've had uh, sleep trainers for Bowie. Bowie's doing well. Bowie's sleeping all the way through. But with Dougie, Dougie's different. We're sort of giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's he's really insecure. And, you know, if he's he's in the bed with you, he wants your finger. He has to play with your finger. But he doesn't just play with it. It's like... It's like moving your hand around, twisting your hand at angles that he wants Like wanted. judo. Yeah. and I mean, it wouldn't be so bad if he's just holding your finger and just tickling it, you know, but it's not like that. It's like... And then he pulls your arm over his body, plays a bit that way, he's got his legs in your stomach, right. pushing you out the bed. And really, I mean, we're not getting a good night's sleep since he, since he basically was born. So um, for me as a parent, I found being a parent really, really tough. Uh, and I've, I've sort of held a lot of resentment towards him, speaking truthfully. Mm. Um, but that's that's in its moments, you know, and then I'll get myself together and I'll take a breath and I'll think, okay, right, this is the way he is. I've got to accept this and I've got to try and be a better father and realise why he's doing it. And obviously I love him as much as any of my other children. Of course. But, um, I think at 52, which is what I am, I, I've i really struggled in the 50s being, being a father I've, I've actually really taken it uh, physically and mentally draining for me and that's where a bit of the resentment comes from uh, really struggling with it so I think one of your questions maybe to me is I would advise me at this moment in time I would advise to fathers who maybe are already have children that may be in the teenage years um don't do it
1: Right, don't in do the it 50s again. Don't do
0: it. Right, okay. In fifties, don't do it. That's my personal experience. I'm sure there's people out there in the fifties that have, fa- have found it a doddle. And maybe they've got, you know, babysitters and nannies and stuff like that. Uh, maybe not. Maybe they're really struggling as well. But I've really struggled with it, and I would never advise anyone in their fifties to have um, young children. That's if they want to take it on, mm. you know, full mm. steam ahead with that child. Mm. Whereas, which is what I've done, because regardless of us our touring years and the last year since last year when we finished touring you come to realize how difficult it is having two children 13 months apart two boys 13 months apart how physically and mentally draining it is for not only yourself but obviously your wife and when she's drained you're drained yeah you sort of sometimes don't know where to turn so my heart goes out to all those mothers single mothers who you know whose you know the fathers have left them or the partners left them and they're left alone with mm. regardless of one to three children mm. you know because my mum was a single mum uh, and she was looking after four children wow. three boys and what one incredible girl incredible thing and she really struggled and my heart goes out to those people who uh, left on their own especially in the circumstances that we've had recently of lockdown and people who may live in apartments as well that don't can't get out. You think
1: about single parents living in flats during the times that we've had and it, it puts everything into perspective. Because as you say, Howard, and you're right in saying that, that those people are heroic to, to, to raise children like like your mum was as well. You know, that's an amazing thing to do with four kids. Yeah, And I think, you know, it's because obviously you don't resent your kids. You love your child. Of you course do. you do. But the things that they're able to tap into, which is no fault of their own, it's about getting in between the relationship you have with your partner. It's about sleep deprivation. It's about all of the big things. It's about matters of the heart. It's about matters of the mind and being tired. And it's such a difficult situation to find yourself in. And as you say, particularly when you're older, that's just the circle of life, isn't it? Yeah. It is just tougher.
0: It is. I mean, kids are so clever. Mm. Kids are so clever. Like I mean, they are sponges between that age... Between two and five, they are so spiritually aware and they soak in so many things. And that's why you've got to be really careful about what you do in front of them and yeah. what you say or, you know, how you teach them is so, so important with children. Between that, I mean, it is of all age, you know, but between that age, they do not forget a mm. thing. And I think past five, that's where they start losing a bit of that, you know, that um, sponge. Mm. M- making
1: one, form, you believe that you're kind of forming the character or part of the yeah. cornerstone of the character yeah, of the are person are they're going to become.
0: Years that, like right. between two and five years old, it's um, very important years, and I think you've got to be super careful what you do in front of them, and like I say, the way you teach them and how you act in front of them, mm. and you know whether you're, you know, you're arguing with your misses or your girlfriend, and you, you, you've got to be very careful where you do it and how yeah. you say things to them, and. Yeah.
1: Because your your temper's afraid, you're tired, but you've got to kind of keep that stuff in-house and away from them. But, you know, being a a dad of of four and Dougie being the youngest one and and touching on what you just said there up until five, you're also aware, I suppose, that the light at the end of this tunnel is you know that phase is going to pass, you know. He's going to develop as a boy and and he's going to want to get in the bed less and and those kind of things. So it's a kind of about, I suppose for want of a better term, weathering the storm in in some respect, isn't it, at times? It is, but, you know, you hear parents
0: say, oh... It's not over till they leave. <laughs> it's not over till they leave the house. You know. You know. It gets worse when they get to their teenage years. But the the really weird thing that's happening with me is, I'm a four by three, right? Basically, I've got four children with three different partners.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. I've now, never heard it called that before, but that's right, okay. Four by three. Okay. Four. Well,
0: I and obviously my last two are within the marriage, which is amazing. And this is a learning curve for me. This is. I'm living with two little boys so young, whereas with my daughter, 21 year old Grace, I was with a partner. I was with her up until she was three years old. Same with Lola, I was with her till she was three years old. So I've never had this experience of living under the same roof with the same partner, with the same children, you know. Okay. And, and, and sort of yeah. living it
1: yeah. every
0: day, every night. And it's been a real kick in the, you know. Yeah, The jigs.
1: That's probably what you need, just to stop being so productive with the children. Uh, no, no, that's <laughs> what I need. Yeah, I, I keep saying I've got to go and, uh, go and, uh, go and have the operation, but, um, yeah, uh,
0: it's, it's, been okay. a ma- it's been a massive learning curve and it's been amazing as much as it's been, you know, what's the word for it? Challenging. Very challenging, yeah. It's been amazing as well. But, um, and I feel quite proud of myself that I've got... good. So far, and I obviously want to go all the way, and you will Howard. you have a strong marriage, and well that 's the cornerstone
1: of it yeah. isn 't it? And as you talk about from your own experiences with your parents, I mean that 's so important that you 're both there for each other and you 're both strong for one another. I mean, you mentioned with Grace being three and then Lola being three, and, and now we 're talking about uh, Dougie difficulties at three is it maybe it 's just weathering the storm of three years of age, maybe you just yeah. need to get through there
0: yeah, it is, and as much as people think men are strong. They're not necessarily that strong i hold a lot of guilt i hold a hell of a lot of guilt for leaving my ex-partners and leaving my child for them to look after obviously though i've not been one of these fathers that said right i've got a new partner i don't want anything to do with this uh-huh. I, I don't want anything to do with that child i've always been there i've always felt so guilty about it i've always been there for them i've been there especially my daughter because my second partner lived in Germany. I used to go back and forwards to see Lola every two weeks and stay there for three nights. And in the beginning, when I didn't have an apartment, I was staying in an hotel for three nights mm. and I had to take my daughter to the hotel to stay there with her. And it was... just kind of wasn't right. No. But, but it was right for me, the fact that I could go over there and luckily I had the money to be able to
1: pay for flights every two weeks and go over there and be with her. And whatever was happening with the band, would you always try and factor that in because obviously, there have been periods where you guys have been so busy and so prolific that you're always factored that time to go go to Germany and, and spend some time with your daughter and I mean you know people carry guilt around for for so many different reasons, yeah. but I suppose at least when we talk now and you you're looking back and you reflect on that you know. Mothers and, and stuff aside, at least you know that you've made the effort with your kids. You can look at all four of your kids square yeah. in the eyes and you, and you all know that as a parent. And mm-hmm. I think I think that's really important. And I also, you know, that perception that men are strong is just, it's so, it's kind of, it's so outdated and it's so dangerous, I think, to men and women and, and everybody because everyone's so vulnerable. Everybody's exactly. so scared and unsure. And when it comes to becoming a dad, particularly, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, at any time in your life it's a new experience and it it blows everybody away and there's those amazing bits and there's those downright scary bits where everyone feels vulnerable one of the reasons with the dad pod and why it's so nice having you on Howard, is well not just for this reason but it's refreshing to hear somebody talk about becoming a dad slightly later in life than is Mm -hmm. the inverted commas the norm Mm -hmm. and how you wouldn't advise people become parents in their 50s you know because it's it's a real it's more of a struggle than when you're a younger person Yeah. And
0: I think is that there's a lot more of it happening now. I believe there's a lot more of older fathers that are finding new partners and, you know, having children. And starting been, again. Starting yeah. again, basically. Mm. And um, for me personally, like I said, it's been a struggle and I've, uh, you know, obviously been weak in the past and maybe skipping talking about men being supposedly being strong. I think it's the same when it comes to mental health as well. I think people... a oh,
1: 100% the two are linked. Yeah, yeah, I think
0: there's a lot of men out there suffering with mental health, but because men are men, they don't really want to talk about it. Mm. And there's a lot of people suffering behind closed doors that don't want to talk about it. And that's kind of what I've done, you know, when I've when I've suffered, when I've been struggling with children. You know, you, you, your friend will talk to you about it and you, you sort of hide it a little bit, especially in one of my best friends who lives up north still. He doesn't have children, so I always believe that i'm not really telling him the full truths of it because he doesn't have children as big he'll never understand yeah so there's a lot of stuff hidden away mm. i think it's the hardest job in the world being mm. a dad if you're hands-on that is mm. i feel sorry for fathers that uh have to leave home at in the car at 6am and yeah. don't get home till you have to deal with an hour and a half of traffic coming into london and don't get home till half seven night. And only see the kids the
1: weekend. Yeah, I or r- really rushing done. home to finish off bath time just yeah. to get some kind of timing with them. I feel
0: really, I feel for them or any mother that yeah. does the same thing. And mm. you know, it's um, it's proper
1: hardcore that is. So, what do the kids? You know, obviously, everyone who joins me here, you know, they have interesting jobs. And you know, what what do the kids? think about what you do and have they watched the videos have they watched you fall to your knees in the sand and have they found those things out on their own have you encouraged them to see what, what dad gets up to or have they been at Wembley and see you wow the crowd and all the fans cheering you know what's it like for them well it's a, it's a re- it's a weird one really because what I've
0: done in the past I've been very proud of and you know we finished first time round in uh, 96 and my first one was born in 99 which is Grace and I always said to myself, oh God, I wish you would have seen that. You know, I wish she would have seen what I was doing or, or saw me on stage. So then we restarted again in 2006, 2005, 2006. And she got to see me performing live on stage. So then along came Lola in 2006, I think it is, 2006. I better get that year right. 2005, 2006. <laughs> 2005, I think it is. She's 15. Work out somebody for me. Yeah, 2005. <laughs> um, and she came around... If you're just
1: joining us on the dead pub, we're doing maths with Howard <laughs> Donald. <laughs>
0: she, she was um, born on Valentine's Day, and her middle name being Valentine. She was born, and I was thinking, oh, I, I hope she gets to see us, she gets to realise... What I'm doing and what my job is, of and course, watching yeah. me perform live. So then she got to see me live, and then with Bowie and Dougie, I thought, oh no, there's no chance. We're gonna, we, you know, we're gonna be finished by then. You know, it's all gonna be over by then. So on the last tour, pretty much, Lola had um, Bowie and Dougie oh. on her shoulders in the pit while we were performing on stage, oh, watching great. us. Only for the first four numbers, then they had to go back and go to bed. Okay, because we we're quite, we're quite good with routine. Yeah. Oh, you'd
1: need to be. So yeah, big, big advice that. Yeah. yeah. Routine. Anyway, so they're in the pit. You're performing. Yeah. Right. What, what are the four opening tracks? Which ones did they get to see and hear? Uh,
0: the saw um, It Only Takes a Minute, um, These Days, um, Could It Be Magic, um, Grace Day. So, great Day. So great. So they got to see those. That I mean, means they've
1: still got Never Forget to Look Forward to later down the line. Yeah, but they still don't get it. There's no. the four
0: and three, but they don't get it there's,
1: how there's no How does it idea. feel from your perspective because obviously you've performed in front of if you added them all together millions and millions of people, but knowing that there's a specific set of eyes on you that belong to your child, yeah. your flesh and blood, does it add an extra pep or does it add some nerves how do you no, feel it adds, adds an
0: extra pep yeah, but oh you know, great wow, you know Bowie and Dougie there in the pit. yeah you know i'm gonna I can't wait to go over to that side where they are and just you know give them a wave and and yeah. then they realise it's you and oh. pointing at you smiling and, <laughs> uh, uh, it's, so, it's such a buzz honestly it's such a buzz but uh, like I say with the other two they got it but now they're too young to actually understand what I'm okay. really doing Yeah, if they know Mark and Gary is Okay. They, always want, they always ask it for Mark and not me you know what I mean where's Mark like I come home with Mark every day you know
1: you know you mentioned Mark and Gary there they've got kids as well and that, that must be quite nice for you all to be family guys in that respect and all understand and appreciate the different stages of, of the ages of the kids that you're all at and if you've got to go because you want to go to Germany or whatever it may yeah. be then as parents they understand that they understand the call that you want to do that That's right. The difference between me, Gary, and
0: Mark is Mark and Gary have had their kids. They've had three kids each and they're with the same partner Mm -hmm. who they had the kids with. Uh, With me, mine's a different situation. So therefore, when it comes to take that, mine becomes a more complicated situation. But I've always put my kids before take that. Mm. Always. I I know sometimes you've got to go out there and you've got to be and take that and you've got to be away. But my kids are always on my mind before take that are on my mind. It's, um, It's... it's so important to be like that and not lose track about you know who you actually are which is a dad and trying to be a good dad at Mm. best yeah it's been a struggle in the past being away you know recording in los angeles or wherever you're recording being on tour the great thing is now that whenever we've been on tour we've always put it in i've always put it in so that you know i've got a minibus picking them up from the train station they will come over to the hotel and they're there for they're there for 10 days yeah and then you're like, come on, come on, go! it's time to go I'll <laughs> get out the door, <laughs> I want some sleep. <laughs> and, and that's, as, as an amazing as it is being with them, it's also very, very draining, because your routine when you're on tour, your adrenaline when you come off stage at half past ten at night, eleven o'clock, you, you're literally back at the hotel in, in your salt bath, and then you're not ready to go to sleep till half past two in the morning. Yeah. When you've got your kids with you, yeah, that is a really tough... The thing and wow, yeah. we have. I'll admit it. We we have used nannies to help us when I've been on tour, rather than just allowing Katie to do it and having to yeah. wake up with them every morning.
1: Plus being well, if you're that. able to, your partner deserves that yeah, break. You know, exactly. if, if, if you're able to, does deserve
0: And the good thing is about me and my wife Katie. Every now and then, I might go to Manchester to see my friends for a couple of nights. She gets to do all the school runs in the morning and does um, picks them up, makes them dinner, puts them to bed, blah blah blah, and. I then the week after put her in a hotel somewhere nice like a spa for one to two nights and just give her that break and then mm. I do it by myself. Mm. And as much as much of a struggle it is being by yourself, which sort of like hits home thinking, God, how do these single parents do this? But then when you put in that situation, you think, right, rather than me relying on Katie to wake up in the morning and make them their pre-packed lunchbox, I've got to do it. So therefore, the night before I've got to have that ready, I've got that ready. I've got the coats, I've got the waterproof by the door, I've got the rucksacks, I've got to make sure the pants are clean, the jumpers are clean, and <laughs> there's that's their pal, that's their pal, there's yeah. the toothbrushes, there's uh, the vitamin drops. Uh, you, you and feel I've,
1: you're no, on top of all that? How would you feel you... No, do you always nail no, it? No, no, no. no, no. no, no, no I'm your honesty. I'm, I'm
0: um, yeah, normally about ten minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, where Dougie goes, which is a forest school, which is amazing, they're literally out all day long, regardless of rain, snow he goes to a forest school so it's very free there they can bring him in at quarter past nine when they're supposed to be there for nine Whereas where Bowie goes now, which is big school where he has to wear a uniform, right. they've got to be on time. No messing. They've got to be on time. So yeah. it's important that Bowie's there on time, but Dougie, it's, like, it's a little bit more relaxed. Should I, go for, should
1: I pick up a takeaway coffee on the way there? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but that'll keep me
1: going. So one of the other things we asked for here is a piece of dad advice. So Emma Willis was on mm. um, and she said, nothing lasts. Everything is constantly changing with your kids, so go with the flow. Tim Minchin said, put your phone down, try and enjoy the." Moment in the flesh, and Chris Kamara. Both his kids are are adults, but he likes to check in. He says he regularly calls his boys just to see if they're okay. So, Howard, what would your piece of dad advice be for everybody listening right now, whichever stage of parenting they're at, if any at all?
0: There's probably a lot. For instance, that the phone thing is really important. Don't whatever you do, don't have your phones at the table, regardless of whether the fifteen or twenty-one. Don't just don't have a phone at the table because it's a distraction. And i, th- I learned I learn a lot of my wife, and she's never done it before, obviously she's had the two kids with me, and she's not had any other children with anyone else and She teaches me a lot, you know okay. um and a really important thing is actually get on your knees and talk talk to the face okay if, if they've got if they've got something to try to express and they're really angry, don't be angry with them back, don't no. be angry with them there's obviously obviously try to express something, get down to your knees and talk to the face and say. Is everything okay? I think kind of
1: instead of I suppose towering over them, yeah, and instead of looking down on them, saying yeah. "Don't do that,
0: boy. Don't do that, boy." Talk to the face and um, just try not to be angry with them. Just try and be on the same level as them and talk to them like a child. You know, it's um, it's, it's really really good to listen
1: to them. That's a nice piece of dad advice. Yeah. And Howard, another thing is, I like to ask everybody this: All your children hear this podcast back in fifteen years. Hmm. What would you like to say to them? The floor is yours.
0: Oh, well, I'm just very, very proud of you. Um, I'm so happy that you're in my life. Um, You know I've always loved you. You know I've always been there for you. And I hope everything's amazing in your life and you're healthy. And that's another piece of dad advice I'd like to say is, make sure you're giving your kids healthy foods not filling them with sugar that is the worst thing you can do yeah <laughs> make check the ingredients on it because if you if they start going crazy after you've given them something then you know it contains a lot of sugars or preservatives mm-hmm. or whatever it is bring them up how you probably want it to be brought up healthy you know bring them up healthy
1: howard donald thank you thank you oh how that was lovely <sighs> What a beautifully honest and open account of fatherhood from Howard Donald there. It was a real pleasure spending some time with him. Uh, and if you haven't checked out Howard's bedtime stories on Instagram, I couldn't recommend them enough. Whether it's for your child or whether you just want to chill out a little bit, they are very calming. Uh, also, if you enjoyed my chat with Howard Donald, then why not check out previous guests to the Dad Pod, The likes of Rob Beckett, Emma Willis, Chris Kamara, John Thompson, Tim Minchin. They're all waiting for you. And don't forget to leave us a comment and a review. Of course, you can tweet me at DaveBerry underscore tweet. I'm on Instagram as well. Or you can email your comments and your questions to DaveBerryDadPod at gmail.com. I really do love hearing from you. And remember, if you want to hear me sandwiched between lots of songs, then tune in to the Absolute Radio Breakfast Show. It is 6am to 10am. We've got eight different playlists. You can select the decade of music you want to listen to early in the morning. Now, next time on The Dad Pod, I'm going to be joined by an actor, a presenter, a king of the jungle, an ice skating champion. It is Joe Swash. So until next time, thanks very much indeed for downloading and listening.